We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking best ball strategy featuring the underdog advance rate explorer on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm joined by Dave Caven. We're off to a fire start here. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to talk some best ball strategy. I've been crushing the uh, the big board uh, over on underdogfantasy.com. If you want to do that too, uh, using promo code ROTOVIZ, you can actually get your $100 deposit matched up to uh, $100. So if you, I guess if you only open an account with 20 bucks, you get 20 bucks, but why would you do that if we'll match it at a hundred? So use promo code Rotoviz, And then actually, uh, if you do that, you can also use promo code underdog on rotaviz.com for a discount on your rotaviz.com sub. So kind of goes both ways. Cool partnership. We're going to talk about our underdog advance rate explorer. So what types of players, what positional profiles, helped people advance in these mega tournaments on underdog last season. How did you reach a playoffs? How did you reach the semis? How did you reach the finals? Dave's been looking at the data this week. He's going to uh, drop a couple of nuggets on us. And I think by the end of the episode, you're going to be wanting to enter some of these tournaments. So uh, Dave, let's take it away. Yes, sir. So, High-level explanation of what you are doing with the Underdog Advance Rate Explorer. You are getting a sense of for 2022 and 2021, of course, with Underdog being a fairly new platform, we only have so much data to look through from recent seasons. Uh, but with that data, each year you can look and you can see the players that finished towards the top in terms of the percentage of teams in best ball tournaments that they were on that made the playoffs that made the semifinals and that made the finals. You can also look at some uh, metrics related to the points added that those players had to the teams that they were on in comparison to teams that did not have them. Um, you can also look at information related to stacks. And we have this really cool positional heat map tab in the tool that we're going to focus on after we talk through 
some of the high level player specifics from this year. Um, and that that's one of those unique tabs that you get in a tool every once in a while where you start playing around with it. And the next thing you know, like 25 minutes have gone by, uh, you know, in the blink of an eye. So let's start Curtis with the player that proved to be the most common among playoff teams. And I don't think it should come as a surprise unless people are already forgetting the season that Josh Jacobs put together. He finished with 46.2% of the teams that he was on making it to the playoffs was selected with an ADP of 71.3 and finishes really as the underdog MVP, if you will, especially in comparison to that ADP that you see. Now, behind him, you have Tyreek Hill, who was on 35.7% of playoff teams, came with an ADP of 21. Uh, Then you have Tony Pollard, who had an ADP of 82 on 34.8% of the teams, but it's pretty interesting to see that significant decrease between Jacobs and Hill and Pollard. And then we get to one exciting for us, Curtis here, because the fourth player had an ADP of 61 and that was Jalen hurts. And he was on 33.8% of teams. And he also finishes, I believe first in points added to the teams that had him, He also got his teams into 5.8% of the semifinals, which was pretty high, only edged out by Zay Jones, of all people, and Jarek McKinnon. I'm going to stop there, though, because I see you smiling, and I feel like you at least want to say something about Jalen. No, I mean, just um, it's just reminding me of last season. uh, These top players are, like, all... all from my most rostered list. So um, it's just reminding me of how (laughs) how good of a year that I had last year. Um, and I mean, these are some players that were on brand. I mean, you know, I talked a lot about um, Jacobs had asymmetric upside to what his ADP was. Um, we focus on that a lot in particular on FFPC where, you know, we were in a full PPR format, but, you know, obviously carried over here too, just because he was so cheap. Um, you know, w- what's really interesting that, that I've noted, you know, in these early best ball tournaments, like the big board that's going on right now, it's definitely the best ball obsessed crowd uh, that gets in before, you know, the rookies have even been drafted and are willing to max enter a tournament like this in, you know, February and March. And, you know, this data really is impactful to the early ADP. So what you find here is that Jalen hurts, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Geno Smith, Justin Fields, Josh Allen, like all these guys are in like the top 16 of advance rate at the quarterback position. And this is not a super flex, style format that we're playing on underdog for most of their games. And what you're seeing this year now is all of these quarterbacks that added all of these extra points on the ground in particular. And in Mahomes case, because of the, the passing settings that, you know, he's still being drafted highly. Um, But the quarterbacks have been pushed way up the board. Yep. And so best ball strategy changes year to year to year because the soft points in the ADP you know, they swing wildly like this year is totally different drafting than last year. Everyone is building around early wide receiver running backs are slipping quarterbacks have been pushed up the board. 
tight ends not named Kelsey are cheap again. You know, it's like a totally different math problem. And that's why, you know, early best ball is so fun because you can kind of just do, if you, if you like to, to zig when everyone else is zagging early best ball is a really fun way uh, to do that. Yeah, it definitely is. And one of the things that we had talked about heading into last year um, based upon 2021 was the importance of these higher level quarterbacks. Uh, now it's going to be interesting to see how people react and what they do in 2023, because we do see some of those early guys finishing pretty solidly in the results here. Uh, as you do have Patrick Mahomes pretty high, as you mentioned, Josh Allen, pretty high, uh, Jalen hurts who his ADP kind of lagged behind those players to some degree. Uh, you had Josh Allen going at 30 overall and Patrick Mahomes at 47 Hertz was at 61. Um, but I can say anecdotally on some of the teams that I had that ended up finishing pretty strongly, they had other quarterbacks like Kirk cousins or guys that kind of managed to have good games at the right time. But I think if you're only looking at it anecdotally and you're not looking at some of the results we're seeing here, you could actually be led to believe that those higher level players were less important. And the other thing is because we also did see the ADP shift for these quarterbacks in 2022, because more teams were doing it, you're not going to see as shifted of a win rate for those players because the baseline kind of changed. So if you go away from that too much in 2023, I think that would be a little bit of an overreaction. Of course, this all gets kind of confounding when you consider the fact that we're only looking at two seasons of data, but it is interesting, those year-over-year changes. And then if you are drafting in these early leagues and you've drawn some of these conclusions from looking at a tool like this before we see those big shifts in ADP, that might end up happening once players have taken more time to reflect uh that's where you can get a little bit of an ability to really do what you want with your teams so if we continue moving along behind jalen hurts and again we're looking at playoff percentages here that's how we're sorted you have miles sanders with 32 percent of his teams getting to the playoffs then jamal williams with 31 percent now jamal williams is a very interesting case because outside of the top 12 or so, maybe uh, top 10 or so players, he, he and only one other player were selected outside of the top 100. Williams was at 167.5. And then the other player that really shifted things for teams that took him late was Geno Smith, who was going at 206 and had 28.9% of his teams get to the playoffs. So pretty wild stuff right there. I think a lot of people are going to be looking to get that Jamal Williams, Geno Smith, uh, you know, analogous player in 2023. Um, a couple more players to highlight here. Tyler Lockett. We have to call this out again because I was so wrong about Tyler Lockett. He comes in just a little bit behind Amon Ross St. Brown, who was behind Geno Smith. Then you get to Justin Fields, Jalen Waddle, Christian Kirk, Devonte Adams and Justin Jefferson. So uh, a lot of chalky players in that top 20 there. A lot of players that we talked about. Uh, one thing that I do think is worth us quickly talking about here, Curtis is 
which one of these advance rates should we be looking at? Should we be looking at playoffs, semifinals, or finals? I think that's a big point of contention for some people. I have my thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours first. I mean, yeah, I, I don't really think there's a wrong answer. Um, I think most people that are play, that are going to play, you know, a GPP style best ball tournament have their eyes on that big prize, but you know, like the highest percentage that we can find of any player uh, that was drafted, let's say a hundred times or more, um, or not not drafted a hundred times uh, times or more. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean that. To added like enough points to be material um, that would have gotten you all the way through your season. I mean. George Kittle was number one in that category at a, a, a 0.5% advance rate, Yeah, you know, to the finals. Like, you know, you're really just splitting hairs at that point. I think that it still makes sense to focus on roster construction, you know, targeting certain positions in certain rounds. And that, that math, again, that strategy is going to change every year. You know, this year it looks like people are paying up to have five wide receivers on their squad through the first eight to 10 rounds, like the stuff that Rotoviz has been doing forever. Right. In particular in PPR formats is now being done in half PPR by the masses. So, you know, this might be a year where our traditional strategy could change a little bit. You know, we'll have to see what, what unfolds uh, from an ADP perspective. It's not going to mean that running backs are any less risky uh, than they've ever been, but it's also going to be cheaper to acquire the guys that could pop like Josh Jacobs last year than ever um, because of what's happening at wide receiver. So, you know, while others are maybe focusing on, Hey, let's go get, you know, five or six wide receivers in the first 10 rounds. I mean, I've been doing some modeling. I haven't really um, scratched enough out to write an article on it yet, but got three or four teams going where I'm, I'm going like wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, you know, getting three elite guys, especially if I'm drafting, you know, in the one, one through one, three, where I can start with Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase and then come back and double tap at the two, three turn. And then, you know, really not revisiting wide receiver until the double digit rounds. I'm, I'm testing out how some of those teams uh, turn out. And that's not something that I would have ever done in prior years. I, you know, it was definitely a, you know, last couple of years, one early running back or, you know, sometimes even, you know, two running backs within the first five rounds. But, you know, this year, I think you are going to have to pay up for the wide receivers, but maybe the place to veer is to accumulate running backs in the single digit rounds, just not at the very tippy top. Um, and, you know, maybe the dead zone will change. And dead zone's been pretty locked in the last couple of years. You know, that zone could change. It's going to be really fascinating to observe all off season. Yeah, it, you know, one of the interesting things about the concept of the dead zone is that it's got this definition around it where we're kind of talking about like rounds four through six for running backs. But I think that it's largely more important to just focus on the positional ADP of those running backs, not exactly where they're going, because what you've seen there. And granted, you had a couple of guys that were in it this year, which might cloudy that concept for some people with Jacobs and Sanders. Um, I forget exactly where I was going with that. But what I was getting at was 
that you know you tend to see in many seasons it's the players in the high levels of running back ADP that return on their investment and often if you're searching for you know similar points with the players that are behind that group it doesn't tend to really manifest so we'll have to see how that shakes out um my perspective on kind of what i was hitting on earlier was when i'm looking at the advance rates um and be it if i'm looking for players or specific types of roster constructions i'm largely looking um just at the the playoff percentage so you know percentage of teams that make it to the playoffs because if you do look at uh, like percentage teams that get in the semifinals, that's often driven on so many so many specifics that are very hard to control for in a given year to really wrap your head around. That I don't think it makes a lot of sense, and there's often not that much of a difference across any of those measures because you're dealing with such a small percentage of teams to begin with. Now there are some different ways you could cut at that data um, to be able to better tease out actual changes that are differences that matter. Oh, that's probably a discussion for a different day. So we've hit some of these higher level uh, finishers from a player perspective. Where I want to head now, Curtis, is the positional heat map that is in the underdog advance rate explorer. Uh, if you are a sub to the site, definitely check it out. It's one of those things that's hard to really appreciate uh, the full scope of it, if you are just listening to us talk about it. But the concept of it is, is it lays out your underdog draft uh, pick by pick by pick. And you're looking at the um, percentage of teams that finished, um, I guess, actually, Curtis, you want to help me out here? I'm trying to think of the best way to explain exactly what I'm looking at here in a way that's going to make sense for people. So I don't know if you have a, um, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
a thought on that? If not, I will take my, my stab. Yeah, sure. I mean, so, so we basically have a matrix, uh, of the 12 draft spot, um, positions in any draft. And we're able to see advance rate, um, by draft spot, but then we can also then adjust that, you know, by position. Yeah. Um, and, and what round you're, you're selecting, um, certain types of players. So like, you know, I've got it set for running back in 2022, and, you know, position drafted at least a hundred times and the round advances to the playoffs. Now I could set playoffs to semifinals or finals, but um, what you see is a, a very high concentration. Like last year, the, the nut spot was, you know, taking running backs in the seventh and eighth round was highly advantageous. That's where you had, you know, you were even getting Jacobs in that range. You know, I think by the end of the end of the draft cycle, you know, maybe even we were seeing like players like Ramondre Stevenson and uh, other players that were, not early draftees going in that range. And that's why, you know, the, the heat map is so green in those areas. Then you can see that actually um, only three draft spots from within the first round. Did you have a positive advance rate um, versus expectation if you selected a running back and it was, right. you know, from the four five and six spots. And, you know, those are, the, those are spots where really Auckland, Austin Eckler um, was being selected primarily last year. And I think that that's, you know, probably, most of the reason for those three spots uh, having that rating, but every other spot in the first and second round had a negative advance rate over expectation and selecting a running back. And, yeah. and that's, that's why you're seeing everyone snap to a different strategy earlier this year. Right. I appreciate that. I was trying to think through actually talking, the me- talking through the mechanics of how the numbers and the percentages displayed are arrived at. And then I quickly realized that that was unnecessary. Uh, but yeah, the cool thing, nah, here, man, we just need the practical application, Dave, <laughs> right. the wizardry in your brain is what makes the page <laughs> happen. What, what the listeners want to hear is what do they do with this stuff? Right. So, um, and I, I do have to give credit though. This is, this is an Anthony shook creation, so I can't, I can't take credit for that, but, um, yeah. So one of the really cool things that I like to look at is if you look at wide receiver four, um, the spot for selecting wide receiver four in 2022, um, as we load here, it's pretty interesting, Curtis. You see the best percentages in the teams, and this kind of tends to hold across. It's fairly consistent across uh, like team one to team 12. But the teams that had their wide receiver four in round four had much better percentages than the teams that waited uh, even to like round six and a lot better, you know, than teams that really waited on wide receiver. And I think what we're going to see as a result of that uh, this year, we are going to see a bit of a rush to try and get, as you mentioned, you know, those five solid wide receivers in there. So I thought that was pretty interesting. The other cool thing that you can do is you can toggle back and forth between 2021 And you can also toggle um, to combine the two years. Now, what I was noticing when I was looking at some of the running back metrics is you've also had times or situations where there's these different pockets in the draft that can work. So what I've seen in some cases, you get your RB2. If you went for your RB2 in round two, that worked out pretty well. But then if you waited till later in the draft, like round, I think it was nine to 11, those teams also had similar rates. So one of the things that I want to point out here is that sometimes as we're thinking through strategies, 
we kind of pigeonhole ourselves into thinking that there's this one approach you should be taken. But I think it's also important to note in best ball, there's a couple of different paths that you can take and it's a, you know, it's finding what those paths are and then how you sprinkle those across the teams that you have. Um, so let me go to running back here. I'm going to pull up the RB two and then we'll take a look at, uh, how, Teams from different, uh, in different spots and in different, different rounds that they went for their RB2 fared. Uh, if we look at 2021 and 2022 in comparison, or I, I guess I should say in tandem, actually. So, um, just waiting here as I get the calculations to go. Um, all right, so Curtis, I'm I'm freezing up as I have the recording software on here as well. So I might need you <laughs> no to jump worries, in. Man. Yeah. No worries. Um, so while you're pulling that up, uh, just some reminders about uh, other kind of other tips and tricks, I guess that that I found um, an underdog. You know, in the early drafts, I really like to do slow draft format, especially this time of year. Um, because there's so much going on with free, free agency and trades. Not that I'm uh, one of these guys like in a dynasty startup that's going to like sit on the clock forever, but it's just nice, you know, having a couple hours. If you can't get to the pick right away, especially once you get past those first couple of rounds, to have a chance, hey, just refresh the news cycle, make sure that there's not something that's actionable. Um, and then also to be building that queue. It's, you know, the rankings change a lot this time of year. And, you know, you can save your rankings in there. But I really prefer to to treat each draft as its own animal. And so I'm constantly building a queue for the next couple of rounds after each pick that I make based off of my desired uh, roster construction in the draft uh, to that point. And so, you know, it's hard to think about that in terms of like, hey, Max entering 150 um, in the big board and having, you know, maybe 30 to 40 concurrent drafts going at one time. And so that, that's why I like to, to handle it that way. Like every time I'm up on the clock, you know, I'm not going to necessarily make a pick right away unless the guy that was at the top of my queue from, you know, several rounds ago is still there. Um, I'm going to check the news cycle. I'm going to check Twitter real quick. Then I'm going to go back in, make my pick and then refresh my queue for whatever adjustments I need to make in, in the round after that, that the underdog advance rate explorer is something that now that it's updated, is something that may either inform directly how I would handle that strategy in terms of where I might want to target certain positions in a draft, but it could also, because I'm seeing so many people adopt strategies that were used in the past couple of years, this may be a place where I want to create a personal strategy to veer against what this data is telling me to a small degree. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, so I, I am, I, my computer is back to life now. Um, this was the cool thing I wanted to call it here in 2021 teams that took their RB two uh, in round two, it was did have pretty decent rates. And then you also see things pop back actually not until round eight, do things really get positive again. And then they're pretty solid between round eight to round 11, kind of highlighting what I was talking about, about the different paths that you can take earlier. And then if you look at teams, that grabbed their RB2 between round 8 to 10 when you combine the two years. That's kind of been the sweet spot for actually going for your running back. Um, 
which I, I think uh, starts to highlight some of the things that we've been doing, as you mentioned, from a strategic standpoint, kind of bearing out in the data that we have here. So I think that this probably gets the wheels turning for some people out there of the different things that they'd want to go into the tool and look at themselves as they start thinking about how to approach things in 2023. I think the actionable takeaways here are considering what happened in the prior year, how that's going to inform ADP and the things that you can do to account for that in your strategy. And then in concert with that, considering the um, prior data and some of the paths that have worked out and how those might be adapted to your current environment, which uh, is kind of wordy and verbose, but I think we'll be talking about that more with actual examples of how you manage to do that on future episodes. And now I will close out. I thought, you know, I Curtis is mu- behind the curtain here. Curtis is muted because the poor guy has been coughing. Uh, he's got some respiratory issues going on. I thought yeah. that he might start <laughs> with the mute. The, the, you know, the chemistry is just tweaked a little bit enough that uh, I, I missed the cue there. I Sorry, apologize for that. It's all right. Um, I'm going to hit the button now. What a, what a finish. Oh, it's not even the right one. It's <laughs> a good sound yeah, effect, so though. Good. So good. All right. <laughs> we'll see everybody later. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.